Welcome to the Utah Lake Update on the Utah Lake Authority Bill that's now in committee. I'm Craig Christensen. I'm the Executive Director of Conserve Utah Valley. I have two wonderful people with me who know a lot, not only about Utah Lake, but also what's happening with the Utah Lake Authority Bill. And we wanted you to be in the know in terms of what's going on. There's a lot of decisions that need to be made. It's now going to committee uh, this week. And so it's important that you're up to speed on what's happening. I have with me Carolyn Jardine. Uh, Carolyn is an executive board member of CV. Delighted to have you with us. Thanks, Craig. Happy to be here. I also have Ben Abbott. Ben Abbott is a professor of aquatic ecosystems at BYU. Uh, and you study the, uh, the human impact and restoration of Utah Lake. So this is actually something that you've been involved in for some time. That's right. I'm a legal newbie and a political <laughs> newbie, but been in the water a long time. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.conserveutahvalley.org for updates. As we learn things, we'll let you know what's happening. To be honest, there's been some really mixed feelings about this Utah Lake Authority bill. Uh, right? I mean, absolutely. <laughs> there's, there's been a feeling of um, this is the worst thing. Uh, maybe this is the best thing kind of in between. And what we want to do on this uh, podcast is see if we can't break it down and let you uh, as the listener decide what's what's going on. Um, first of all, I think we would need to start with just some background. Um, ben, do you mind just giving us some background? Like, what is the Utah Lake Authority Bill? Last session in 2021, um, Representative Brady Brammer from Pleasant Grove submitted a piece of legislation called the Utah Lake Authority. It was patterned after the Inland Port Authority um, and also the Point of the Mountain Authority. They're all kind of cut from the same cloth. And they created a body that's responsible for and has authority to manage lands and, um, and also uh, uh, raise money for various issues. So that actually didn't get very far. It got uh, knocked down in committee because there wasn't enough buy-in and participation from the water community. Not the water quality, but the water user community. Okay. And um, then after it failed, uh, Representative Brammer spent the, the rest of 2021 meeting with uh, different stakeholders to see if they could figure out how to improve it. In fact, uh, spending some time with Conserve Utah Valley as well. So we met with Representative Brammer about 10 days ago uh, just to kind of get the current state of the bill and give some feedback. And, you know, a couple things about this, I think going into that conversation, uh, Conserve Utah Valley, we've been very concerned about where the bill came from, why now. It seemed like it came very quickly, even though a version of it was out last year. But in talking to Representative Brammer, there clearly is a lot of thought that's gone into it and into the structure and into what the bill is trying to accomplish. And I would say some of our concerns in some ways have been mitigated. I think there's still some concerns, but we can kind of get into that. Well, let's, let's actually just talk about those. So what, what are the concerns that people are bringing up? You know, one of the big things in that original bill was the ability to dispose of sovereign land. Mm. Um, and it wasn't clear, is, hey, is this another avenue for making islands on Utah Lake, or is it something totally unrelated? I think that Representative Brammer has done a really good job clarifying, no, this isn't a, an avenue to create islands. And in fact, in some ways, in the current bill, it now makes it really clear that this public trust doctrine. Uh, it's great. It's fabulous yeah. to have this codified in the law should it pass. Okay. Um, it's really clear that the islands couldn't happen in the future. There still is the avenue from the past, but uh, that was one of the concerns. And then just the, the timing of it. You know, Utah Lake is so important 
we want to make sure we understand who is making these decisions and for what reasons. Okay. And so just taking the time to understand and get the structure right, because you don't always get a second or third or fifth chance. Okay. So let's just talk a little bit about uh, what the Utah Lake Authority actually has authority to do. So what, what does that mean? You know, reviewing the bill and talking with Representative Brammer, it's clear that one of the main purposes for setting up the ULA is to be able to have a taxing entity that can raise funds for any project that comes before the ULA. Right now, the Utah Lake Commission is just kind of sitting and waiting until the Senate or the House comes up with a bill that appropriates funds. And so that's kind of how they've been operating. But under Utah Lake Authority, the authority would have the ability to tax, and they're doing it based on sewer hookups. So it's actually a pretty fair assessment, right? Like everybody's putting sewer into the lake. So (laughs) let's figure out how to make sure that that gets leveraged. But then, you know, those funds that get collected by the authority are meant to help improve the areas around the lake. Now, I think that's where there's some question, right? Because that could be a great thing. Exactly. So that could fund conservation projects. That could fund really great citizen-led grassroots project like Wakara Way, which I think everyone loves and wants to see succeed. And that would be a good funding mechanism for it. I think it also has some pretty strong economic development ties, which, you know, when it comes to conservation, I think that starts to get a little bit concerning of how developed are we talking, right? But that's really the theory behind it. And then having a body that's really looking out for the interests around all of those people who now are being taxed. Yes. Okay. That's very helpful. Thank you. Now, one of the things that obviously has been a concern to many of us is the idea of putting islands in the lake, dredging the lake, making islands, putting up to half a million people on there. Uh, What does this have to do with the islands in terms of the connection there? Yeah. So the, the bill very explicitly says anything that goes through the Utah Lake Restoration Act, that 2018 law that allowed the islands to move forward, the ULA doesn't touch it. That goes through the same process as before. So that's kind of grandfathered in. So in that way, it doesn't directly interact with the islands. As Carolyn mentioned, the, the, it's this question of how much is this going to encourage conservation versus development and destruction of habitat. And so there, there are alternative models. You know, we could reinforce and bring more funding to the Utah Lake Commission, the current body that's responsible for those projects. We also could take, um, Orem is considering a resolution right now calling for permanent conservation, creating an easement around and in Utah Lake so that we don't go down the same path that Salt Lake did, you know, developing right up to the water and not having any green space, open space, public space. So There are lots of options. And that's one of the things I'm actually really positive about right now. The island uh, group is saying it's either the islands or the lake dies. And we actually see there there are lots of possibilities of of how we can continue the ongoing recovery of Utah Lake. Okay. Obviously, a lot of things going on. The Utah Lake Authority is an important piece of legislation. Let's just, as we wrap up here, your take on how our members of Conserve Utah Valley might want to think about this legislation? Yeah, I think, Craig, this is a great question for everybody to kind of consider based on your own values and the things that you think are good governance. I think for me, I think this is a step in the right direction. When I look at it, I think there's local representation. I think the taxation is being done in a very moderate way. It's not a crazy tax. And it has some really good principles behind it. If I could choose something, would this be it? Maybe not. But does it get us in the step closer to a entity that protects sovereign lands doctrine 
and also has conservation in mind and can help with funding for some of those citizen-led projects. So to me, again, if I were to design it from scratch, I maybe wouldn't choose this, but I think that it is a step in the right direction and I would support it. Okay. And Ben, uh, you're net. You know, I agree with lots of those things. For me, I just am not sure it's the right time. You know, these big pieces of legislation always have unintended consequences. And so I think that there are lots of good things in the bill. Honestly, a lot of it is the context. You know, we're waiting for the Utah Lake Water Quality Study to come out. The results are starting to trickle out this year and next year. We're going to see a lot more. That's going to give us recommendations and an idea of where we need to go with the lake. Until the islands are off the table... We kind of cool our heels, slow down, make sure we understand what's going on. And then at that point, absolutely, let's address these things together. And So it, it's not a absolutely not never for me, but it just doesn't feel like the right time. Okay, thank you. Well, thank you for both of you uh, for joining us on this podcast. Uh, we care a great deal about the lake. This is a significant piece of legislation, so we encourage everyone to pay close attention And to listen to both sides and to weigh in appropriately with your local legislators in terms of how you feel about it. Uh, Thank you for joining us for the Utah Lake Update. We look forward to seeing you on the next podcast.